You're listening to Packers Talk Network. PackersTalk.com Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your guaranteed authentic tickets from theticketking.com, a longtime trusted source and local Green Bay business. Just go to PackersTalk.com slash tickets for more information and ticket links. That's PackersTalk.com slash tickets. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm your host, Bill Martin. My co-host is my good friend, Sean Tian. And in addition to this show, I host Locked On NHL. Sean was a TV sportscaster in Minnesota. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Sean, welcome back home, and uh can't believe we're at Thanksgiving week already. A little bit of a delay getting back, but I got back before the Thanksgiving hustle and bustle. Uh, just happy to be home, happy to be at the home base talking Packers again. Yeah, always always good to do that wherever you may be, and it's good to have you back here uh, with us again this week from your home base. And it's also good that the Packers got a W under their belts last Sunday at Lambeau Field. Yeah, and I'd like to say where me being on the West Coast, maybe my uh my my little spy my spy gating and everything like that, my uh my my boots on the ground may have helped the Packers on Sunday. I don't think it did, but I, I'd like to say I maybe contributed. I have I have stock in the Packers, you know, I, I could contribute in other ways. But there you go. Well, yeah, if, if you did contribute, where are we sending you next week? That's <laughs> I, I, I got to go to Detroit, and I was in Detroit actually. My my flight got pushed on Sunday. We were supposed to connect from Salt Lake City, go to Milwaukee. We went from Salt Lake. We went to Salt Lake City. Flight to Milwaukee got delayed. Got pushed the next day, and I had to go to Detroit on Monday, and then Detroit to Milwaukee. So I was in Detroit for maybe an hour. But hey, I I, I maybe got some got some stuff taken care of, but. Yeah, we're talking about that win though, before we get to the Detroit game coming up this week on Thanksgiving for the Packers. 23 to 20, the Packers beating the Chargers. And Gil, the highlight was obviously that Jordan Love, that was his best game as a pro. And it was really impressive. There's been clear <laughs> progress. There's been clear improvement. And that was really good to see for the Packer coaches, for the front office, and for the fans too. Yeah, and, you know, we we have said this many times over the course of this season since we started doing the show that, you know, if the Packers contend for a playoff spot this year, that was a bonus. But the most important thing was to see progress for the for Jordan Love and for these young receivers and tight ends from the beginning of the season till the end of the season. And the last, I would say, three games, we are starting to see some of that progress now. Progress is not linear. There's going to be some games that still will probably make you scratch your head before this year is over. But overall, the 300-yard game, the receivers no longer all going to the wrong place or ending up in the same place. And, you know, hard to believe, but this was the Packers' first 300-yard game since 2021 as far as 300-yard passing games because Aaron Rodgers did not have one last year. That is so shocking to me when that stat popped up where that Jordan Love having the best game for a Packer quarterback yardage wise in two years essentially. That was shocking. That really was, but it's good to see. And 
there's just there's such a young offense in general. We've talked over and over about it, but man, the young group, it, it wasn't just Jordan Love who improved on Sunday. It was this whole young group. Jaden Reed looks like an absolute stud. Whenever he gets the football in his hands, man, he is dangerous. And then you had Romeo Dobbs, who caught the go-ahead touchdown grab late in the game, showed some really strong hands plucking that ball away. Christian Watson had a huge score in the second half. Luke Musgrave made some critical plays. Dontavion Wicks made some critical plays. Tucker Kraft, he was a couple inches away from his first NFL touchdown. Uh, his ability to tow, uh, to, you know, tow the sideline and everything like that, he, he was just a few inches away. And Tucker Kraft showed some, some mobility and some athletic, athleticism that I didn't think he had. Just the young group in general, just very impressed by this skill. Very impressed. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, Kraft did do his first Lambo leap, but then they did the replay, and it sort of, you know, <laughs> call, canceled the touchdown. Hey, but, it was real a touchdown initially, so yes. he, that's a free, oh, that's a free leap. leap at the time. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, he'll, we'll have to get him a real one or one that counts uh, in the coming games. But it, it was great to see so many of these young receivers blossoming and to see – Look, Jordan Love still missed some downfield throws that you want him to have back. I think there was one to Musgrave. Uh, There was another to Mm -hmm. Dobbs, if I recall correctly. But uh, he also hit on some amazing uh, touchdowns and and downfield passes. And, you know, the winning touchdown pass to Romeo Dobbs, what I loved most about that is that both uh, Love and Dobbs, that was not the route that was called but they saw the coverage that the defense was in. They both made the same read and the same adjustment, mm-hmm. and the result was six points. And that, to me, is the maturity process personified in one play, and I really was felt really good about that touchdown in particular. And it was so eerily similar to 10 years ago, when Randall Cobb scored the game-winning touchdown against the Bears to get into the playoffs and win the division when Aaron Rodgers returned from his first collarbone injury, where Cobb saw the breakdown of the defense, he put his hand up, Rodgers saw it, he chucked it downfield, and Dobbs did the same thing. He put his hand in the air like, hey, I'm here, man, and Love saw it, and he connected with him. It's just eerily similar, eerily similar play from about 10 years ago. Uh, obviously, the Packers, anyone who watched this game, they'll be able to tell you, oh, the Chargers gave that game away. A lot of drops for the Chargers on on fourth downs on uh, on in the red zone. Keenan Allen had a few huge drops. Uh, Quentin Johnston at the end had a huge drop that kept him outside of field goal range. But guess what, Gil? Good teams take advantage of those breaks. They really do, and the Packers did. And you never apologize for winning in the NFL. No question. And and look, uh, there are definitely some things that this team still needs to work on. Mm-hmm. Some bad injuries in the running back room that are more than a little concerning yeah. going forward, but they found a way to win the football game. And look, you, like you said, you don't apologize for winning. They found a way to get it done. And, you know, just to take it a step further, this young team needs to learn how to win close football mm-hmm. games. And the fact that they were able to do that was very, very important. And now, we already have two one-score wins by this team this year. That's one more than Aaron Rodgers had in his first season as the starter back in 2008 when he went 1-7 in, in one-score games, and the game he won was week one. So uh, yeah. just glad to see this gradual improvement 
Uh, again, that doesn't mean that Jordan Love will ever reach the level of play that Aaron Rodgers did, you know, pretty much starting the second year he was the starter. Mm-hmm. But it's encouraging to see him grow and to see the offense grow. And uh, let's finish this season stronger than the way we started it. That That remains my mantra for the rest of the year. Man, if Love shows that he's the guy for the future and these receivers have shown a lot of flashes too – this group's going to be together for the next three seasons. I, I, you know, I, they are all under contract, under team control for a while. It could be very, very fun in Green Bay. Right now, it's it's a process. The growing pains are there. But the good, the great is great. The bad is bad. But they're working through it together. Packers are a notoriously uh, patient organization, sometimes a little bit too patient. Yeah. This, it, it, this, there, this, it's games like that on Sunday that show that there is promise and there's reason to this patience and, and there's a, there's a vision there clearly. But you, you talked about the running backs though. What was most impressive to me with Jordan Love is how he was able to carry that offense without Aaron Jones and then without Emmanuel Wilson. Uh, and that just takes us into the Packer injury report this week, uh, before they go into their Thanksgiving matchup in the Motor City. Uh, Aaron Jones, Emmanuel Wilson, both haven't practiced at all this week. Uh, Aaron Jones likely is week to week, which is very surprising given that it looked like he, his season was over. Uh, yeah. it, the way, the way he was coming off the field, he was crying. He had the towel over his head. It was something that didn't look good. And I didn't want Aaron Jones potential career to come to an end as a Packer with that game on Sunday with that injury. Uh, some other injury news and notes. There's a lot of guys in the injury report for the Packers. We're just going to touch real quick on just some key guys you should be aware of. Safety Darnell Savage, he returned to practice as a limited participant. He can be activated for Thursday's game. He, he's been on IR. He's missed the last four games with a calf injury, initially sustained in Vegas, further worsened against the Broncos in Denver in October. Uh, we mentioned Aaron Jones, Emmanuel Wilson, both left Sunday's game with injuries, both have not practiced this week. Uh, other do, uh, do, did not practice participants includes Devondre Campbell with a neck injury, Josiah DeGuara with a hip, Luke Musgrave with an abdomen, Dontavion Wicks with a concussion and a knee. Not very good going into a short week. Uh, Packers may be without Wicks on Thursday. A lot of limited participants, again, for the Packers. Another notable one, safety Rudy Ford. He's missed two of the last three games of the Packers. He's dealing with a biceps injury. And quarterback Jay Alexander, he's missed the last two games of the Packers with a shoulder injury. He's been a limited participant the last couple of weeks. Uh, how about this, though, Gil? Packers bring back old running back friend Patrick Taylor. Uh, Patrick Taylor told reporters, I guess, on Tuesday that during halftime of that Packers-Chargers game on Sunday, he was with New England's practice squad. He was at home. He got a call from the Packers front office, and he was on his way to Green Bay right away. He knew. He knew. Yeah. We all knew. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a good, and that's a solid signing to bring him back. Uh, someone who obviously knows Matt LaFleur's playbook, knows the offense, and someone who can pass protect too, because, you know, it's going to be interesting going into that game in Detroit on Thursday. He's going to be asked to do a lot more than he's probably ever done as a Packer. He's spent a lot of time with the practice squad. He's been up with the big boys on the 53 man roster a few times, but he may get quite a workload next to AJ Dillon. He may. He very well may. And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I feel for Emmanuel Wilson because that injury to Aaron Jones was sort of his big yeah. chance. And yeah. what was it, three plays later, he's, he's – And he was running out. well, too. And he, he was, was running well. He's averaged more than six yards a carry, granted. Yeah. Small sample size, but it's not like eight carries. He's, you know, yep. he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's done well when he's been given the chance. And I thought, you know – 
if he was available for this Thursday's game, I think he would have the potential to have a pretty big game. I wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, but now a lot of pressure on AJ Dillon and, and at least with Patrick Taylor, he knows the playbook mm-hmm. and he may not be a dynamic player, but he's steady. He's good in pass protection. He can make the odd catch. He can run the ball. He's not going to get you a lot of yards that you don't like the hole. He doesn't, you know, if the hole gives you four yards, he'll get you four yards. He's yep. not going to break one too often, but you know, you know what to expect. You can rely on him and I'll take it. Yeah, and with A.J. Dillon, too, I forgot to mention, he's also been a limited participant in practice this week. He's dealing with a groin issue. So, yo, Patrick Taylor may be the lead back, possibly, on Thursday if A.J. Dillon, if he's not fully 100%, especially on a short week, too. Uh, you talk about Emmanuel Wilson, though. He was so good in the preseason. The Packers have made various moves. Uh, they didn't promote Patrick Taylor to the 53-man roster when Aaron Jones was dealing with his hamstring injury earlier this year. Uh, they were playing Patrick Taylor instead of Emmanuel Wilson, but obviously the Packers really like this kid. It's We've seen so many times in the same offense with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, these random running backs who just absolutely uh, ball out in that offense. And I feel like the Packers feel like that Emmanuel Wilson could be that, that guy who just gets it, who understands where the holes are, where they open up, how everything uh, is blocked and everything. But the Lions injury report, we, we talked about the Packers injury report, how deep it is. There's a lot of names. We didn't get to them all. But the Lions injury report, the 8-2 and two Lions, they're 8-2 and two because they are super, super healthy. Yeah. Uh, starting offensive guard Jonah Jackson, he has not practiced this week with a wrist injury. That's the only guy on the Lions current 53-man roster who has not practiced this week. Frank Ragnall, there's all pro center. He hasn't, he's been practicing. He's dealing with a toe injury. Defensive tackle Isaiah Bugs has an illness, but he's been practicing. And then safety, Ifitu Melifanwu has a hand injury, but they've all been far, full participants so far this week for the Lions. Uh, you gotta be healthy in this league, Gil. And the Lions are showing they're eight, when they're healthy, they're good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they are good this year. There's no, no two ways about it. And anyone who remembers week four certainly knows. Uh, how well they matched up with the Packers in that game. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the matchups, the Packers offense against the Lions defense, we're just going to start there real quick. Packers right now 21st in total offense, 19th passing, 21st rushing, tied for 20th in scoring. They moved a tick up in the scoring rankings after putting 23 on the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, the Lions 9th in total defense, the 16th against the pass, 5th against the rush, 22nd in scoring defense. Gil, you alluded to week four. It was an absolute dominant performance from the Lions in all phases in that 34 to 20 win at Lambeau Field in week four. Uh, what's the matchup to watch between the Packers offense and the Lions defense this week? To me, the biggest matchup is in the trenches because that's where the Packers lost in week four. Uh, the Lions dominated the line of scrimmage and, you know, as much as the Packers made the score look respectable, it was, what, 27-3 at halftime? Yeah. We knew that game was more or less over by then. The Packers could not move the ball on the ground. They could not protect Jordan Love. And I, I, I think Aiden Hutchinson almost lived in the Green Bay backfield yeah. during the first half of that game. If the Packers' offensive line cannot at least – play to a draw at the line of scrimmage, we're going to see a repeat of what happened in week four, and we do not want that. And, and in week four, it's worth noting, Elton Jenkins, the Packers starting left guard, did not play in that week four game 
against the Lions. They definitely missed him in that one. But you talked about how the Packers offense just could not move. They were actually up 3 nothing early in that Week 4 game, but it was because Rudy Ford intercepted yeah. uh, Jared Goff in the very first play of the game, put him in nice uh, short territory. But the Packers didn't engineer, didn't register a first down until late in that first half in Week 4, and that was by penalty. And then they got one more first down later in hurry-up offense mode right before halftime. It was just a disgusting, disgusting first half. Uh, Jordan Love threw a couple of interceptions. He got hit 11 times. He was sacked five times. Uh, the Lions defense had eight tackles for loss. The Packers rushing offense had 27 total yards. Aaron Jones, infamously, only got five carries that game. He was uh, Packer fans expected him to have a, a little bit more touches in that game. He really didn't touch the ball at all. The offense couldn't establish any kind of rhythm. It was just disgusting. It was that was the best way to put it, Gil. It, it was ugly, and you know, if you really want to see progress from the early part of the season to now, then show me progress by having, uh, even if you don't win, show me that you can compete, go toe to toe with what obviously right now is the best team in the NFC North. And my matchup to watch, too, just before we get away from it, where you said, show me improvement, show me progress. I think the matchup to watch, honestly, is Matt LaFleur's offense against Aaron Glenn defense. The coaching yeah. matchup really is going to be really important. What is Matt LaFleur going to do? He is he he has a lot of creativity in his schemes. He has shown that. He he is he's definitely shown that in his time as the Packers head coach. He's not going to have Aaron Jones. He's going to have a limited Possibly limited A.J. Dillon. He's not going to have Emmanuel Wilson, most likely. You're going to have two healthy running backs who know the offense. Jordan Love may be asked a lot uh, to do a lot in this game. The Lions' rushing defense is so good. They're literally a top-five rushing defense this year. What's Matt LaFleur going to do to get creative? What What is he going to do? What's Aaron Glenn going to do? Is he just going to play his base defense and let his guys just go at it and then just put seven guys back in coverage? Because essentially he could have done that in that Week 4 game back in September, and they just absolutely, because the Detroit was just better than Green Bay. They were better. Yeah, and, and I think there's two things to watch. Number one, Matt LaFleur cannot get away from the running game. Even if it's not working exceptionally well, you got to keep it balanced. You got to keep them honest. And, you know, that'll help slow down the pass rush a little bit. And then don't be surprised to see Jaden Reed or Christian Watson or, if he plays Dontavian Wicks, it doesn't look too good now, but, you know, run those reverses, run those jet sweeps, the end arounds, mix it up, create runs if, if the runs are not there. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see at least one or two running gadget plays in this game from Matt LaFleur. And Randall Cobb, we saw him sometimes in the offensive backfield when he was Green Bay Packer. I feel like you could do that with Jaden Reed, too. You saw him score a 32-yard touchdown on the ground against the Chargers on Sunday. They may put him in the backfield a little bit, get a little creative with that, because he's just such a dynamic chess piece. And the thing is, Jaden Reed, he also popped up in the injury report on Tuesday as a limited participant with a chest injury. So any guy who can really carry the football is hobbled and beat up. Patrick Taylor who's back in Green Bay after some time in New England's practice squad is the most fresh running uh, running back on this team right now, which is just absurd to think about. Uh, so I'm really, but I'm really curious really to see how Matt LaFleur is going to counter from how abysmal that first performance was earlier this year. Uh, the Lions offense and the Packers defense, shifting gears to that, the Lions, they are second in total offense. Their offense is so good. 
fourth in passing, fifth in rushing, sixth in scoring. They're coordinated by Ben Johnson, who is definitely going to be an NFL head coach. I can't wait until he's out of Detroit after this year because he's just way He's way too good. He's made Jared Goff look like an MVP candidate. The Packers, they're 17th in total defense. They've dropped down. They gave up a lot of yards against the Chargers in that win on Sunday. Uh, 7th in passing, 28th in rushing, 10th in scoring. Uh, Gil, what is your matchup to watch between the Lions offense and the Packers defense? Well, again, if I go back to week four, you cannot let the Lions run the way they ran in that game. And, again, it goes back to the trenches but, I mean, David Montgomery just killed the Packers. Mm. And even in the second half when Detroit was protecting that lead and we knew they were going to run the football, we couldn't stop them. So, to me, you got a very good one-two punch in David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Not only are they both averaging about five yards a carry, but they help keep each other fresh because they are able to alternate and change backs and, and you know, limit the number of carries that they both get if the Packers run defense and we know they've struggled in this department for a long long time but if if they can't at least break even at the line of scrimmage if they can't slow down Montgomery and Gibbs it's going to be a long Thanksgiving afternoon in Motown and you talked about how dominant they were in that week four game the Lions offense rushed for 200 and 11 yards in that Thursday game back in week four. David Montgomery, you mentioned him. He led all uh, running backs in that game with 120 yards, 21 yards, and three touchdowns. Jared Goff, for the most part, was pretty efficient. He was 19-28 for 210 yards. He did throw that game-opening interception. He did have a touchdown pass. Uh, the Lions, though, the way they were built, uh, their ability to dominate the ground game, they possessed that football for nearly 30 Eight minutes. So to me, going off of that kill, you took the words right out, my, right out of my mouth. That Packers front seven against the Lions O-line and running game, that is the matchup to watch because that honestly is going to determine who's going to win the game on Thursday, in my opinion. Uh, if, the, if the Packers can defend the run a lot better, keep Jared Goff in check. Uh, Jared Goff has thrown a lot of interceptions lately. He's given the ball away quite a bit. You got a chance on Thursday, but you got to stop the run first and foremost. Yeah, if they can't stop the run, then then they will not have a chance to win this game unless they really win the turnover battle. And then as a secondary matchup to watch, I hope Jair Alexander is able to go. They've got to slow down Amon Ross St. Brown because he's the guy who, when it's third and eight, he gets them nine. When it's, you know... Third and 12, he gets them 15, but he's not a burner. He's not a deep threat, but boy, is he a consistent, move the chains, great hands kind of a guy. And they have got to be able to contain him and Sam Laporta. And Amon Ross St. Brown, he just has that spidey sense knowing where the first down marker is at all times. And a lot of NFL receivers are really good, but that guy just has a knack for knowing where to go when he needs to get there. Uh, you mentioned Jair Alexander, how he's he's most likely going to be questionable on Thursday. That's what we're assuming with that shoulder issue. He did not play in that week four game because of that back injury he had earlier this year. Devondre Campbell, who's dealing with a neck injury right now, he didn't play in that week four game either because of a high ankle sprain suffered in week three against the Saints. So it's going to be very interesting. A big difference, though, we're going to see, though, in this game compared to week four, Rashawn Gary's going to play a lot more. He was still on that snap count back in week four, recovering from that offseason ACL surgery. Uh, he did suffer that ACL tear in Detroit last year in that ugly, ugly loss. 
uh, by the Packers about a year ago. Uh, the Packers, though, they, they gave up a, a ton of yards as well in that game, like we are noting. The two guys who really balled out the most on the defense were the two first-rounders from 2022, Devontae White and Quay Walker. Walker had 19 tackles in that first game. He did have that boneheaded penalty to mm. essentially, it, with the Lions made it a three-possession game instead of a two-possession game because Quay Walker tried to jump over the long snapper, and he hit him with his foot, which is an easy penalty, and it's it's an automatic first down. Devontae Wyatt, I believe he had a sack. Yes, he had a sack and two tackles for loss. So you're going to need more than just Devontae Wyatt and, and Quay Walker to show up on Sunday. This whole defense has got to show improvement. And the Chargers, had they gave the Packers so many breaks with all the drops uh, in the red zone, all the just the little things that literally led to them losing that game on Sunday at Lambeau Field. The Lions are probably not going to do that. No, uh, they don't make a lot of mistakes. I mean, if they can pressure Goff, like you said, he does tend to turn the ball over a little bit. But, you know, the Packers can't make mistakes. And, you know, again, the one thing about Detroit, though, they are, what, a minus two in the turnover differential. They are. Packers are minus three. If you could win the turnover uh, differential in this game, I think the Packers would have a much better chance. And the Lions offense, you look at the ranks, they're very good passing the ball. They're very good running the ball. They're very good scoring the ball. But turnovers is the issue. They they lost the turnover battle in that Monday night game against the Las Vegas Raiders. But the Raiders are just not, they're not at the Lions level talent-wise. And the Lions are able to win that game. Jared Goff threw three interceptions on Sunday against the Bears. The Lions were able to win that game. I feel like if that happens against the Packers, that the Packers can register three, four takeaways, I feel like where the Packers are now, the momentum is kind of, uh, they're, they're building some momentum. They're stacking some success. I feel like the Packers are at that, uh, at that point right now where they could take advantage of those turnovers if they can register those turnovers and those big takeaways. And you mentioned the turnover ratio. The Lions, they're minus two this year. The Packers are minus three. It's crazy. Difference of one, one number and the Lions are eight and two and the Packers are four and six. That's just the way football sometimes goes. Uh, penalties, the Lions, they're also a super disciplined football team. Seventh fewest on offense this year, second fewest on defense. The Packers, they're one of the bottom ten, or top ten when it comes to defensive penalties, and they're one of the top ten when it comes to the most offensive penalties. And then third down conversions, we know how important third down is in the NFL. The Lions, they have the 11th best third down conversion percentage in football, uh, on offense, seventh best on defense. Uh, the Packers on offense are eighth overall in third down conversions. They actually, rose up. They went from 42% to 43.5% after last week's win against the Chargers uh, and tied for 17th on defense. So, Gil, all these little stats, uh, all, all these matchups we're talking about and everything like that, uh, give me a few reasons why Green Bay wins as an underdog on Thursday in Detroit. They have to stop the running game and they have to win the turnover battle. Those are the two most critical things. And then I guess the third thing is give Jordan Love enough time to throw the football. For me, it's the Packers got to throw the first metaphorical punch. They cannot get punked like they did in week four. If they come out with that heart, that aggression, if they come out with a physicality and they can go toe-to-toe with the Lions physically in the trenches, I think they got a chance. They keep it close in the first half. The, the way they can put together drives and, and progress in the second half, they will definitely have a chance uh, the Lions, if their turnover issues continue as well, if Green Bay takes advantage of that, that's why Green Bay wins. Why does Green Bay lose on Thursday? Green Bay loses if they beat themselves. We're talking about penalties, turnovers, 
uh, and the like. And if they can't stop, if they can't win in the trenches like they were dominated in week four, we'll see a repeat of week four and it may even be worse. And I agree with that where it's going to come down to the trenches. Can, can the pack, the Packers have a lot of youth on that D line and that O line. Can they go toe to toe with one of the best offensive lines in football in the Detroit Lions and one of the hardest playing defensive lines in football? The, the Packers got to be ready for the test in the trenches. They, they knew they know what's coming. They, they dealt with it in week four. They got to be a lot better in this game. I feel like they could only go up from week four because week four was just so bad yeah. in front of the home crowd and everything. But another reason to agree, if Green Bay loses, they can't establish a running game on offense. Jordan Love just has too much on his plate, and it's just the, the Lions are just a better team, and the Lions pull out a win on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Gil, with that all being said, what is your prediction for Thursday? Uh, I say it's Lions 27, Packers 21. I think it'll be close. I think they'll be a lot more competitive than they were in Week 4, but I think the Lions are a better team, and they always play well at home on Thanksgiving even when they stink, they, they lose, but they lose close most of the time. So Gil has Lions 27, Packers 20. I swear we don't talk about this ahead of time. I have – oh, uh, you had 27, 21. 21. Yeah. I have 27, 20, Lions. I do think it's going to be a closer game. I think the Packers are going to come out swinging. I, I think it's going to be a lot better performance from Green Bay, and they but they lose by a touchdown. And if you lose to this Lions team – there's no shame if you lose to this Lions team and you go down swinging. If you lose to this Lions team as close as you lost to Pittsburgh and Denver and Vegas uh, and Atlanta, if you go down with a fight, that's just the way it is. Lions are a better team. Uh, if you get blown out again and, and get embarrassed, that's another concern. Uh, that's another story. That's another That's another topic in general. Yep. Uh, Gil, before we do wrap up, what articles do you have coming up online for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV before Thursday's game on this very short week? Yeah, very short week. So for the Packers Post, I took a look at five young receivers and tight ends who have made progress and sort of broke down the progress that they've been making. Uh, and for Cheesehead TV, I'm taking a look at three different Packer Thanksgiving Day games from three different eras that, uh, you know, I just want to bring back some good memories for this team. So, uh, you know, trying to, trying to keep that turkey day spirit going. Hey, I like that. Just, just don't, yeah, I'm glad to hear. Don't mention the game where the Lions destroyed the Packers. I think of the Farve era, Dre Bly, I think had a pick six in that game or something like that. And we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk good Packers stuff. That's what, that's what the viewers are there for. And yes. that's what the readers are, are tuning in and clicking on the link for. But Gil, with that all being said, are you ready for some trivia? I am ready for some trivia. All right. Well, anyone who watches football knows the Lions always play a home football game on Thanksgiving. They've played the Packers more than any other team on Turkey Day. Great Packer quarterbacks have played in Detroit and played well in the past in the Motor City. But in terms of passer rating, no Packer quarterback has had a perfect passer rating ever in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Maybe Jordan Love will be the first. Who knows? In the entire NFL history of Thanksgiving football, only two quarterbacks have registered a perfect passer rating on Thanksgiving Day. Both quarterbacks did this in Detroit. Gil, can you name one of these quarterbacks to accomplish this feat? I'm going to give you a couple hints as well. Both are retired. One was a former Lion who was from the state of Wisconsin, and the other was an AFC opponent whose playing career ended in the NFC. Wow. Okay. Uh, give me that first clue again. But, uh, one was a former Lion who was from the state of Wisconsin. Okay. 
and the other was an AFC opponent whose playing career ended in the NFC. Right. I'm going to say the second one is Warren Moon. It is not Warren Moon. Any guesses on the first one? Uh, it's it, it's tough. It's tough, and it's not. It's it's kind of it's Wisconsin related. It's not really Packer related. Give me a decade. <laughs> okay, uh, he played from 1980 to 1998. Wow, that's a long career. Yes, yes, that that, that is a long career. Uh, Dave Craig, bingo, you got it. Very nice. Hey, and I'll, that that was a tough one. That that's really that's really good. So. Uh, Brady, it was Tom Brady was the other one, by the way. Brady gotcha. had a perfect pass rating for the Patriots in their 45 to 24 Thanksgiving Day win over the Lions in 2010. Uh, Craig, Dave Craig was the only, uh, was only with the Lions in 1994. He had the greatest QB performance in terms of pass rating for Lions quarterback on Thanksgiving Day of 1994 against Buffalo. Craig led the Lions to a 35 21 win over the Bills, completing 20 of 25 passes for 351 yards and three touchdowns. Now, you're probably wondering, why am I talking so much about a former Lions quarterback on a Packer podcast? Well, as I previously mentioned, he's from Wisconsin. He's a Wisconsin native, played high school football in Schofield, Wisconsin at D.C. Everest High School, played college football at Milton College, Milton college. in Milton, Wisconsin, which I went to UW-Whitewater. I went to University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, not a far drive from Milton College, but Milton College actually closed in 1982 due to financial troubles. Uh, Craig was undrafted out of Milton College, but he played in the NFL from 1980 through 1998, was a three-time Pro Bowl quarterback with the Seattle Seahawks. Today, annually, the most outstanding high school senior quarterback in the state of Wisconsin is awarded the Dave Craig Award, actually. Notable athletes to win this award in the past include current Washington Wizards NBA guard Johnny Davis and current New Orleans Saints linebacker Zach Bond. Davis and Bond, they're former Wisconsin Badgers. They're from La Crosse and Brown Deer, Wisconsin, respectively. So just a lot of, for the Packer fans who are listening, a lot of Badger love, a lot of Wisconsin love in that trivia question right there. There you go. <laughs> and, and with that all being said, Gil, Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, we always talk about what to be thankful for. Just uh, what should Packer fans be thankful for first, and what are you thankful for? You know, to me, Packer fans have so much to be thankful for, uh, and, and part of it is the, the traditions of this team. And so many of those traditions revolve around the fans, and that's what I love yeah. about it. You have the Lambeau Leap. You have the, you know, players riding kids' bicycles during training camp. All of these things, the fact that the fans own the team, or many of us do. Uh, so to me, I'm thankful for the fact that the Packers have these great, unique fan traditions, and, you know, as far as what I'm thankful for, more than anything, uh, thankful for my family, my wife, my kids, uh, my dad's back home after being, uh, you know, ill for a while, so uh, more than anything, that's that's what I'm thankful for. How about you? And you, you talk about how in touch the Packers are with the community, and Packer fans, they should be thankful for that for sure, and where people kind of who aren't Packer fans, they clown the Packers stock sale every year. But guess what? They're not asking for taxpayer money. And people who want to contribute can contribute. They're more in touch with their community than any other professional sports franchise in America. That's what I think. Packer fans should really be thankful for that. It's something that's so unique and different and awesome. But also, be thankful that Jordan Love has shown progress and improvement. Yes. And, he, and we may have another great quarterback in the making for the long term. 
Be thankful for that, Packer fans. I'm telling you, every every NFL fan outside of Green Bay wishes they had that kind of quarterback back success like the Packers have had for so long. Uh, me, personally, I'm thankful to be able to talk Packers football every week with you, Gil. It's really a lot of fun. Uh, I'm thankful for my wife who puts up with my Packer craziness. And she She's wired in a similar way. She matches my intensity. She loves the Packers as much, maybe more than I do. And, of course, I'm thankful for my family. All my immediate family is within a 30-minute radius of me. I'm really happy about that. I don't take that for granted at all. Uh, having that community is truly a blessing. I'm so thankful for that. And it's always fun to get together with them, whether it's just for quick bites to eat, a quick talk, a quick game, whatever it may be. I'm thankful for that and just uh, the community that is here. And it sounds like it's similar for you, Gil. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh yeah, it's, it's, uh, I love Thanksgiving. It is my favorite holiday. It's, everybody's involved with it in this country and you have food, family, and football. What could be bad? Oh man, leftovers for days, man. That, that's the, <laughs> I, I love, 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 love leftovers. So that's the best part. And then if you go to someone's Thanksgiving, oh, take some stuff with you. You're good for the next two, three days. I can't wait for that. So I, I'm going to stuff myself as much as that turkey is going to be stuffed on Thanksgiving Day. But the Packers, they're at Ford Field on Thanksgiving Thursday against the NFC North leading Lions kickoff on Turkey Day. Scheduled for 1230 Eastern, 1130 Central Time. For those still on the West Coast, 930 Pacific Time. So get up early on Thanksgiving morning, get some football, get some food later in the afternoon. Packers looking to advance to 5-6 and six on the 2023 season, win their second in a row and third game in four tries. They're number eight in the NFC playoff standings. Hopefully they could stay there and get a little closer to sniffing the playoff picture. Yeah, I mean, playoff-wise, if they win one of these next two tough games, I think they'd set themselves up extremely well down the stretch, but one one game at a time. Let, let's get through this one first. Yeah, we'll talk about the Chiefs next week when we get back together and we reconvene. But, all right, happy Thanksgiving, Gil, and uh, take us out, man. <laughs> all right, well, that's it for today. We'll be right back here next week after the mini-buy. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at GB Packers Sean to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. Or you can email us at GBPackersSean at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And a big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show. And, of course, thank you for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. And until next time... Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! Gobble Gobble!